Welcome to Tardi Mecha Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Shoshana Shechter, and today we will be studying Sefer Yonah, Perak Dalid, our final Perak. When we speak of Yonah being a Sefer about Shuva, most people think it's because Yonah and Ninveh did Shuva. This is not entirely correct. If this were the case, then the Sefer would have ended after Perak Gimel, because by the end of Perak Gimel, Ninveh and Yonah had presumably done tshuva, no? Okay, well, maybe Ninveh did tshuva at the end of Perak Gimel. Again, Mepharshim differ on how genuine it was. But Ninveh seems to have done tshuva. Clearly, though, Yonah has not. When Perak Dalit opens, Yonah is angry. He's very unhappy about Hashem's granting tshuva to Ninveh. I'll go as far as to say that he didn't even do complete tshuva himself before this. As we saw in Parak Bet, when he's davening from inside the fish, his tefillah is more thanksgiving than repentance, as we talked about in Parak Bet. He thanks Hashem for saving him, but not once does he admit that he did anything wrong. If anything, the message of Yonah is more that I'm sorry I ran away because I got caught. And by the way, thanks for not letting me die when you caught me. He never once in Parak Bet's tefillah admits any wrongdoing or shows any regret of what he did. Yonah's anger here in Parak Dalid was not impulsive or rash, but it's a simmering anger that seems to have developed over the course of the events in our story as they unfolded. Yonah's observing the quick transformation of Ninveh when he expected their destruction and seeing Hashem's change of mind enraged him. It's important to note that Yonah is also upset, not just about Hashem's change of mind, but that the change could be bad for Bnei Yisrael. When Moshe says in Parshat HaAzinu, Ki yadin Hashem amo ve'al avadav yitnachem, Ki ki azlat yad atzor v'azov. For Hashem will avenge his nation and relent regarding to his servants, regarding his servants, meaning Bnei Israel, when he sees there is no strength left and they are totally decimated. That Moshe promises that Hashem will avenge the enemies of Bnei Israel when he sees that Bnei Israel are destroyed. That the enemies will be destroyed. Why? Because alavadav yitzrachim. Bnei Yisrael's enemies will be destroyed because Hashem has mercy on Bnei Yisrael. What's interesting here is that Ninveh, which is Ashur, Assyria, was an enemy of Bnei Yisrael. We talked about this earlier, that it's mentioned in Melachim Bet, Perak Yudalit in Melach Bet, and it talks about how Hashem gets involved to save Bnei Israel because he saw that the suffering of Bnei Israel was very bitter and they were totally decimated. The same exact words are used in Malachim Bet in the story where Yonah ben Amitai got involved. The Pasuk tells us in Malachim Bet that Kidvar Hashem Yisrael asher jiber biyad avdo Yonah ben Amitai hanavi that Yonah was the Navi that Hashem used in the context of the story in Malachim Bet with Ashur. And what does Hashem say there? Ki ra'ah Hashem etani b'nei Yisrael mara me'od ve'efes atzor ve'efes azov ve'ein ezer li Yisrael. 
that Hashem saw that the affliction of Bnei Israel was very bitter, for they were totally decimated. Again, that same term, the Ephes Atzor Ve'ezov, and there was no helper for Bnei Israel. And that's why Hashem saved Bnei Israel through Yonah there in Malachim Bet. So you can imagine here how painful it is for Yonah that in this case, Hashem is mitznachem. He's helping, but with respect to the enemy of Bnei Israel, he's showing mercy to the enemy of Bnei Israel as opposed to mercy to Bnei Israel because Bnei Israel are in need and in in you know threatening to be to be destroyed. So now let's go into the parak. And we can understand a little bit more about Yonah's, Yonah's anger here. Pasuk Aleph begins, Interesting, there are two different emotions here. Yonah was upset. It displeased Yonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. He's upset and he's angry. Now again, the Mepharshim explained various reasons that Yonah was so upset. Most having to do with how this makes Ben Israel look so bad that Bnei Israel are told to do tshuva numerous times and don't listen. And here Ninveh is told one time to do tshuva and immediately they do tshuva, they listen. Now some say Yonah was upset because it made him look bad. It made him look like a Navi Sheker because his prophecy did not come true. He was walking around Ninveh saying, and that's not happening now. What I want to suggest is that Yonah was more upset about the concept of tshuva than anything else, specifically the case here with Ninbei, as we see from the next psukim. If you look at Pasuk Bet, Yonah daven to Hashem and he said, this is why I ran away. This is what my problem was while I was still on the land. This is the reason I ran away to Tarshish because I knew that you are kel chanun v'rachum. You're so merciful. Erech apayim v'rav chesed. You're slow to anger. You have so much kindness. Nicham al And you give over, you, you give in to evil. Now again, many Mepharshim explain, as we just did, that Yonah was explaining here that he ran away because he did not want to look bad for Bnei Israel, or either he didn't want to look bad or for Bnei Israel to look bad. Because I knew you were Kel Rachum Chanun. I knew you, Hashem, were so merc- are so merciful. You're a merciful God who will accept the tshuva of Ninveh and forgive them at the expense of Bnei Israel. Sepharno explains that Yonah is referring to Hashem's rachamim towards him. I ran away because I knew that you would forgive me. So it's interesting, the rachamim either towards Ninveh or the rachamim towards Yonah. He's so upset about this that in Pasuk Gimel, he wants to die. Hashem kachna et nafshimimeni moti mechayai. And, and, uh, and Yonah says to Hashem, I'm so upset that Hashem, I want, you to, I want to die. Take my soul from me, for my death is better than my life. He's so upset about seeing the possible destruction of Bnei Israel because Hashem is, is allowing his, the enemy to do tshuva, that instead of seeing Bnei Israel destroyed, he would rather die. And this is similar to Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe says, you know, like if you're going to, or rather, 
also in um in 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 Bamidbar and Balotra when he says, you know, kill me now, Hashem. I don't know, I don't want to see B'nai Israel be destroyed. So Moshe wants to die before seeing B'nai Israel destroyed. And that could be something that Yonah is thinking about now. What I want to suggest is that more than being upset about this specific situation in which Hashem forgave Ninveh, Yonah is upset about the whole concept of tshuva. I ran away because I knew you were merciful. And look at the psukim, look at the words. I ran away because yadati I ran away because I knew that you were Kelchanun Brahum, you were so merciful. And if you look, Yonah is talking about the thirteen Midos of Hashem, and he's clearly, blaringly leaving out the word MS. He's so upset because he believes that Hashem is not emestic. He's upset because he believes that the whole concept of tshuva is not emestic. I ran away because I knew you were merciful, but you weren't emestic. He's angry because it doesn't make sense. Tshuva doesn't make sense. If you drink poison, you die. It, you can't undrink that poison. Tshuva allows us to undrink that poison. Tshuva allows us to do, make our sins completely go away. And in full tshuva, as the Ramam talks about, not only do your, do your sins disappear, but they turn into zuchuyot. And he's so upset, this makes no sense. You, and that's why I'm so upset, so upset that I want to die. Because I know you are kel chanun v'rachum erach hapayim chesed. You're all these things, but you're not emestek. And that's why, I'd rather die than be in a world with a God that's not emestek. And that's why Hashem now needs to teach Yonah a lesson about the importance of tshuva. So Hashem responds to Yonah after he sees how upset Yonah is. And Hashem says in Pasuk Dalet, Hashem are you so upset? You're so angry? And it's a rhetorical question here. Hashem is asking him, he's so upset. I need to teach you a lesson. What happens in Pasuk, Yonah goes outside the city and he sits, he settles down from east, east of the city. And he's sitting himself to see maybe Hashem's decree would be reinstated. He's seeing what's going to happen. And he makes a sukkah for himself, he makes a sukkah for himself for, for, for shade because he wants to see what's going to happen. And here comes the lesson in Kikayon. Notice the Hashem Elokim. Hashem is the name of Rachamim and Elokim is Midat Din. That Hashem is teaching him a lesson, both the Rachamim part of Hashem and the Din part of Hashem. Which again, the Rachamim part is what Yonah has a problem with. Hashem appointed, notice the appointed. Hashem is teaching Yonah the lesson here. He's appointing this kikayon, this bush, to grow on Yonah, above Yonah, to be shade over his head, to save him from all the discomfort. Yonah sees this, Yonah sees this, 
He's overjoyed at this bush that Hashem planted there for him or made appear. And he's overjoyed, the Mepharshim say, either because now he had shade or more likely because he saw it as a sign that Hashem would change his mind and, and not allow Ninveh to do tshuva. This word Vayiman, it's come up so many times in this Sefer. Hashem keeps appointing, appointing to show that it's coming from, from Hashem. That this whole story, this little lesson is coming from Hashem. Hashem appointed the fish. He appointed the kikayon. In the next Pasuk, he's appointing a worm to destroy the kikayon. Then he appoints a hot wind, all to teach Yonah a lesson. Pasuk Zayin, Vayiman Elohim, again Vayiman, Tola'at Ba'alot HaShachar Lemacharat. He appointed a worm at the rise of dawn the next morning. And what did this worm do? And the worm attacked the kikayon and it dried up. And then in the next Pasuk, once again, Hashem appoints, Once again, Hashem appointed, this time, a wind, a very hot wind. The sun is beating down on, on, on Yonah's head. And there's this hot wind, and he faints, or he feels like he's going to faint. He wants to die. Again, he wants to die. And what happens? Hashem says to him, Hashem says, you're so upset about the kikayon? And he says, I'm so upset that I just want to die. And then Hashem gives the final message and the lesson to be learned. Hashem says, you're so upset you took pity on this kikayon. You're so upset that this kikayon is now dead. You didn't work hard. You didn't toil. As Rashi says, you didn't plow. You didn't sow. You didn't water. You put zero effort into this, into this kikayon. And you're so upset about it. And it didn't even exist before yesterday. It only existed for 24 hours. Hashem says in Pasuk Yud Aleph, and I shouldn't take pity on Ninveh, the great city where there's more than 120,000 people who don't know right from wrong and also a lot of animals who are also innocent. You put no effort into this kikayon and you're so upset about it. I shouldn't have rachamim on the people of Ninveh who I created. They're my creations. They didn't just exist for 24 hours like the kikayon. It's 120,000 of my creations who are dear to me. They don't know right from wrong. Says Hashem in many different places in Tanakh. I don't want to kill Rishaim. I just want them to do tshuva. This was the message Yonah needed to learn. He needed to understand why there is a concept of tshuva. He didn't understand it. Remember, his name is Yonah ben Amitai. He's Yonah ben Amitai, the son of truth. He did not feel that this was emistic, that the concept of tshuva was emistic. He had to learn this lesson. He had to understand why Hashem allows for tshuva, why Hashem is Hashem Elohim, why at the beginning of Sefer Breshi, 
As Rashi tells us, Hashem was going to create the world with just Elohim. Perak Aleph is just Elohim. And then Hashem, Midat HaRachamim, is introduced into the story because the world can't survive without the Rachamim. Hashem doesn't want the world to survive without Rachamim. And there's a beautiful Medrash, Medrash Yonah, that's quoted in Otsar HaMidrashim, that the end of the story is missing. Hashem ends with a question, I shouldn't have Rachamim on Ninveh? And says the Otsar Midrashim, At that moment, Yonah started crying. And he said to Hashem, Is Midatadin, does it mean nothing to you? I can't believe that you don't care about Midat Adin, but not now in a critical way, in a way that he's so in awe of Hashem. Gvurot rachamecha, says the Otzer Midrash and the Midrash Yonah. Gvurot rachamecha harabim, lo hayiti odea, vechasadecha harabim, lo hayiti magid. I had no idea. I didn't get it. I didn't understand why you are full of rachamim. And chesed. And I see now how strong you are because of it. No one would do this. No one would let people get away with what you let them get away with. It's so amazing what you did here, Hashem. It's so, um, your, your ma'asim, your rachamim is so amazing to me. It's beautiful what you did. It's beautiful how you show mercy. It's beautiful how you feel bad for people and you let them repent. It's beautiful that you rip up the, the gzardin, the decree that they really should be punished and that you allow them not to be punished. Mi kel kamocha. Who is like you, Hashem? And Yona ends up in awe of God's rachamim. And that is the point of Sefer Yonah, that we need to see Hashem's rachamim and appreciate Hashem's rachamim and be in awe of Hashem's rachamim. And that's why we read Sefer Yonah, Mincha time on Yom Kippur, Mincha, which is parallel, which corresponds to, Yo, to, to Yitzchak, Yitzchak, who represents Gvura. This is the time of Gura. Mincha time is the time of Midat Adin, when Midat Adin is strongest. And that's why we read Sefer Yonah, because Sefer Yonah explains why we have Midat Arachamim, why Hashem gives us the privilege of tshuva, and how we can appreciate that the concept of tshuva, that the privilege of tshuva comes from the tremendous love that Hashem has for us, and that He wants to be able to allow us to do tshuva. Thank you for studying together. Lezecher Nishmat, Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat, Alexander Sender.